0: That how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner.
2: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com.
1: Well, if you're looking, gentlemen, as we start Timberwolves' event line here after a uh, Timberwolves' Another double-digit-blown fourth-quarter lead to end their season. If you're looking for a little salt in the wound, some insult to injury, on the ESPN post-game show right now, you've got John Morant and his dad, who looks like Usher, with a giant cocktail in his hand, doing an interview with Malika Andrews. Yep. Uh, Cat is, looks like he's uh, saying goodbye to the fans or something. I don't know, but uh Mackie and Judd Declan our executive producer will turn this into a Timberwolves vent line here shortly you can email the Vikings vent line inbox if you want to join the show Vikings vent line at com, and we will get you on the show to help recap this Timberwolves playoff loss but Judd let's throw it to you first here out of the gate what is your just initial raw emotion and thought <laughs> as you take a sip of your surly I take a sip of my surly um Right after the season's over. What's the what's well, your freshest,
3: hottest take right now? Okay. So I would like to say that, you know, hey, Timberwolves learned something in this series. Timberwolves are maturing. Timberwolves are growing. But I can't say that. It occurred to me as this game continued and I'm I'm watching the game and not necessarily the guys always making the best plays, but the guys who might who are making the winning plays. And this is sort of the series in a nutshell. Jordan McLaughlin, Jaden McDaniels, um, they bring Ant, when Ant's going well, they bring what I would consider to be positive winning energy. Okay? And he, so here's why I have a big problem. And here's where I am actually not going to get on, on here and BSN this for you.
1: Okay, Jaws doing the gritty right now on the yeah, two worlds court, in case you're looking for even more of an
3: insult. Well, you know what, though? He deserves to. He I deserves agree. to. Um, but anyway, my problem is that the Timberwolves players who let them down the most and who I think bring a negative energy and in some cases just flat-out flat, flat out bad play, Carl Anthony Towns, who, yes, was not as bad, I mean, after game three, which was a disaster, um, but D'Angelo Russell was a complete bust in this series. And there's no excuse for that. Like, I'm sorry, at his age and being a Max player and being a player who you count on to be absolutely a key player for you, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat this and say, well, he learned something, and next time around, you know, we've talked about this, but the reality is this. Cat, D'Lo, and Ja all had about the same playoff experience coming into this series, and the reality is this. D'Lo was terrible um cat was flailing his arms around and ticked off and and i mean tr- transpose that with what you saw from J mac who by the way you know is not a starting player he's nowhere near a max player that's not his role but his but what he brought when he was in there was a positive winning attitude and energy Jaden McDaniel's tonight was brilliant ant had 21st half points if i'm not mistaken and then sort of became a rumor for far too much of the second half. So my raw emotion is this: I'm not going to sit here and, and and blow a bunch of smoke up people's behinds about how I think this is a great step in the maturation of things. For some guys, it probably is, but your most important players flat out let you down, and I'm not going to let them off the hook. I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Well, Cat, next time around, you just wait." Or low your your max players, the guys that you pay the most to, the guys that I think a lot of people in that locker room rightfully look at to lead them were busts when it mattered the most and memphis i mean look at memphis my god you guys they were down they were the first team going into tonight to come back from in the playoffs double digit deficits in one series twice and now it's three times memphis hung around they were not even probably the bet the better team but you know what they were the mentally tougher team the team that was wired right which is by the way what I want so yeah I'm not I mean this is not excusable this is not I'm there's nothing about this that I'm like well you know if uh, next time around next time around I expect this roster with by the way some good players to be different because you don't have the right combination right now to win a playoff series Memphis is not a great team they're a tough team. You couldn't beat a tough team. I have a major problem with that.
1: Yeah, and I, I want to put a disclaimer out here too and that everything that is said by us and you guys in Vikings-Ventline, Timberwolves-Ventline, Twins-Ventline, whatever the Ventline variation is, it's usually dripping with emotion. It's, it's, it's raw. It just happened, right? And so, you know, if, if you go a little overboard, it's acceptable within the parameters of Ventline. A lot of people thought I went overboard about Carl Anthony Towns after Game 3 I think I used the word clown about 9 times, five. Five, 5 times. Yeah. Yeah, but it was mostly about his immature, petulant behavior, his absolute lack of emotional intelligence yeah. as a 7-year MBA veteran, right? Yes. So, I want to ask you guys now that you've digested the rest of the series and to the to the commenters on the Scornoth YouTube channel here, okay? And we'll get and we'll get back to Delo in a second cuz He was literally, he's a max player that was pulled from the game with five minutes to go. In fact, your two best players, your two-star players in the biggest game of the season, win or go home, D'Lo pulled from the game with five minutes to go because he couldn't be trusted to be on the court anymore. Correct. Carl Anthony Towns, 6 of 19 from the field and a rushed, panicked, bricked 30-foot three-pointer for absolutely no reason. Just a total panicked three because he short circuits mentally in these big games. Now that you've seen the rest of the series played out, was I really too hard on Cat after Game Three?
3: Was I? Well, I don't know. I here is the one thing I will say, and in in the game that you talked about, you you're, you're probably not wrong. I don't know that he is a clown. I do know this: he cannot handle the mental stress of the stage that he was just on. And by the way, now this is twice. Like, the Rocket series can't be just dismissed. That was the playoffs. The stage, the problem is this. your star actors. So the actors that you have hired to be the stars in your play. So they got the script. They got the script. They got all the lines. They can't handle the stage. And your supporting cast is like, oh, hey, there's some nice components here. Let me tell you this though. And here's what I concern here's what I'm worried about and I think it's a legit concern and people might think I'm crazy. But I'm sorry. I think I don't want ant around this mentality. And ant also fourth quarter took a terrible shot. Another hero ball shot. And I know he feels he has to, yeah. but my point is this isn't working as I want it to because I think that this team ultimately has some real abilities, and and I think that the hopefully, especially for folks like Phil Mackey, the days of the woeful, embarrassing wolves are gone. But I'm telling you right now, as currently constructed, your star, your too many of your stars, I shouldn't say across the board because it's not true, Ant. Too many of your star players, absolutely key players, are losing mentality players. No, they are, and it's, yeah, I, yeah. so like instead of clown, I will say this. I do not think that Carl and D'Lo, as a team, and they are basically a team. That was Gerson's goal. Um, as a pairing, they are not winning players together. Yeah. I
1: think, you know, I God, I just looked at the fourth quarter. The Grizzlies wound That's up, good. I think, outscoring the Wolves by, like, 70 points in the fourth quarter in this series. 40-22 so to 22 was the fourth quarter in this game. They just owned the Wolves in the fourth. But, yep. you know, again... I, 46 wins, a plain win over the Clippers. You take the two seed to game six. Like, ultimately, I'm going to take it. Ultimately, the way the series played out was wildly and historically disappointing. This is the third double-digit fourth-quarter blown lead in the series. It had never happened twice in a series before. And so the way the series played out really puts a bad taste in your mouth I don't think it ruins an otherwise really successful season a big step forward for the franchise. But my biggest takeaway sitting here right now, I know that this is Anthony Edwards' team. This is his franchise. He showed up time and time again in the biggest games of the season. He he puts the team on his back to start the game tonight. He said, listen, guys, I'm ready for this tonight. I'm going to score you know, nine of the first 11 or 12 points or whatever it is. I'm going to get us in a rhythm and get this crowd going. It's not too big of a moment for me as a 20-year-old. Right. And he winds up with 30 points, five rebounds, five assists. He knocks down threes, free throws. Like, I love this kid so much. Jaden McDaniels probably had the best game of his NBA, at least offensively. The guy goes for 24 points on nine shots, knocks down five threes. Hits three three pointers in a row. That game could have gotten out of hand early, and he comes in and just knocks down three trays, right? This franchise with those two guys, they are energizer bunny players. They're unfazed by big moments. They're lanky, versatile, they're gonna get better. And so and there's a couple other players too that I, I really like on this team right now. But I mean, tell Jordan McLaughlin is such i I don't know if he's a starting point guard. But the fact that you can just bring him in in a crisis moment with five minutes to go and trust him—I mean, there's some really He's a strong, player. yep, winning makeup He's players winning on this
3: player. team. Absolutely.
1: The two guys that get paid the most money, and the two yeah. guys that that we, that we we've wrung our hands over for three years about—well, you got to find the right coach to make them happy. And oh my God, are they going to get mad that this and this? Those are the two guys that I'm almost like Like D'Lo has one year left in his contract. I don't think you can bring him back. I, I'm, out. I'm not. I'm certainly not signing him to a max contract extension. I, I'm out. Tyus Jones is a free agent. I would 10 times out of 10 rather have Tyus Jones as my starting point guard than D'Angelo Russell going forward. And if they can make that happen somehow, that would be amazing. And so I'm just like, whatever you have to do, and I'm not saying blow the whole thing up or necessarily trade everyone, but if you told me tomorrow, you know what? We got some creative ways to move Carl anthony Towns or and or D'Angelo Russell, not for nothing, certainly, but for some assets and some things to build around Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels. I would say, cool. I'm not devastated by that. Those two guys are the future of this franchise to me.
3: Hey, Dex, bring back uh, the comment from Sam, please, from before. The last comment, Samuel, I believe was his name. Because I think this is an interesting comment, and this is something I don't want us to fall I- into because I've done this, and we have far too often. It was about the fact the team is growing. Um, He said basically something about the Wolves are taking steps or growing. All right. I agree on Ant, and I agree that there were some winning players. I mean, J-Mac's I mean, J- great. I, I don't think he's a starter, but I think he's, he's he brings – a lot of positives. Uh, Jaden McDaniel's was great, but here's where we here's the trap that we cannot fall into because it will be the Vikings and probably the most appropriate comparison is the crazy suitor, wild all over again. And that's to think that with Delo and Cat that this team is growing. It's not. This is this series was a cautionary tale. This team has some good components. I like the makeup. I like Chris Finch. Uh, in game, he needs to improve a, yeah. a bit. But he got but worked a little bit in this series. I'm he thinking. did. He. But but you know what? I'm confident that he can learn, mm-hmm. and I think he's a good coach, and I think he is very good with his players. But I'm telling you right now, because I used to say this when the Wild started to to lose after. If this sounds, uh. For, familiar it should after not qualifying for the playoffs for a long time right they started to qualify for the playoffs and it's like okay Suter and parisi they're on the right track they're on the right track but there were these little things locker room things and i and i tried to at first dismiss them Ah, that's gonna be fine that's gonna fix itself well clearly didn't and they fell into a pattern of first round and out first round now oh second round now out so what i would say is this i think when it comes to cat and Delo, especially and I don't know if they both have to go. That might be too strong. But the reality is this. They are who they are, and this series ain't changing it. I have what? no faith after this, after Delo's disappearing act. I mean, that was a Vegas Houdini act right he, there. Dude,
1: he shot 33%
3: in the series. But, are you, but do you think, Phil, do you think like, oh, come on, Judd, calm down. Next time he gets this chance, he'll be. No. Okay. See, that's no, no. I don't think it's too. a no.
1: Listen, like, look, look how level headed I, I, I am not raging mad. This isn't game oh. three for Olmecadac here. Okay, I am very level headed, clear headed here. Okay. Yeah. You said it's it's an overreaction to say that both should be gone, and I agree with that. I don't I don't okay. think now is the time to. But but I I I think I don't think it's an overreaction to say that you can't bring you you can't bring both back. Uh-huh. I don't think. And now some people are going to say, well. That's an overreaction because these guys are taking their lumps and they're learning. Anthony Edwards is learning. He's 20. Jaden McDaniels is learning. What is he, 20, 21? When you're 26 and you've been in the league for seven years and you've been in the playoffs a couple of times and you look the way that those guys looked. for Now, Cat had a couple monster games in this series, so more credit to him for bouncing back in certain situations. He played better tonight than Delo did, but he also shot six of 19, had a spastic, flagrant foul in a key situation, and jacked a ridiculous, like, zero composure in key situations. Mm-hmm. So there, there, are some really hard decisions you have to make that are independent of, oh, it's a learning experience. Can you learn to keep your composure after seven years when you act like that and you have the emotional intelligence of an ant? Not like Anthony Edwards, but like an insect ant. Yeah. The, was the line I was going for there yeah you know and so again I'm not saying you got to shove those guys out the door for nothing but what I am saying is I am building this franchise around the tough minded great athletic explosive players that I saw dominating that game tonight and if it means that I need to move Delo out of here as an expiring contract somewhere else to clear room and bring someone else in to run a you know an, you mean, when D'Lo is hogging the ball and taking fadeaway contested shots
3: with 15 seconds left a couple of games ago, like that's not helping ant development. And tonight he's throwing it away. Like tonight he was, I mean, he was just, he disappeared for an entire series. And dude, you get, you expect to get paid and do that. Yep. And I, I think it was, this series to me too was a gift. Because if you're the, the Wolves, if you had played Golden State, right? And let's say you're losing five or something. You're like okay, you know it's Golden State. We're not that good. we're not there yet. Totally get that, but Phil, to go back to what you said before this series started, and basically at the very start, you you said you know this is a series that they can win, and they could have. Like it wouldn't have been. I mean, hell, they Dude, they they, 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 they should
1: have won the series. Right? It's crazy, but, but like they,
3: they they should have won this series. Absolutely. But where but where it's a gift to me is that because. Memphis is not like demonstrably better. It's not like you looked at Memphis. So, well, of course they won the series. No, yeah. Memphis was what Memphis was tougher, resilient. I mean, they were down by double digits and yet they would just come back like it was nothing because they were so mentally wired tough. And Ja Morant leads that. And I mean, that's important because I will say this for the most part, he didn't have a great series. It wasn't like, Oh my God, he dominated every game. He didn't, but what would happen when it was on the line and they had to come back? They did. And so I think it's a gift to the wolves because it demonstrates exactly what their problems are. Their problems yeah. are not talent. Their problems are mentally. And, and I mean, shocker, this starts with your best players yeah. mentally, mentally, as as much as uh Jaden and uh, Ant might be tough wire tough cat and Dilo are mentally weak there's it's nothing true, else you yeah. can say they're just mentally weak and so you got that exposed but that's a great thing because now you have to go to work on saying okay that's not going to change yep. how do we fix it
1: and and you got to be careful again I'm I'm trying to be measured here but you can't just boot those guys, those guys were also a huge part of the reason why this team rolled through the regular season the way that they did. Yep. But there's two different seasons, and the same is true in hockey, right? There's the regular season where things are a little bit more casual and you know not quite as intense. The crowds aren't as fired up as they clearly were in the postseason. And, you know, you can, you can get away with being sort of mentally weak and still beat a team on a Tuesday night back-to-back of a road trip for them or something, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, everything gets – I mean, Chris Finch – There's Chris Finch, he didn't wait 30 seconds before he started talking to the media. He must have just gone right to the podium. And he said – this is really interesting. He said – I'm going to paraphrase because I can't find the exact quote. But he basically said you can't hide in these postseason games.
4: <laughs> that,
1: like, that everyone – here we go. The great thing about this, it's all about exposure. Everybody gets exposed," end yeah. quote. Chris Finch. Yes. Players have no. And Jace Frederick is paraphrasing sort of the rest of this from the Pioneer Press. Players have no way around seeing their warts after this series. Yep. They have a path to being a great team, but it will it will take uh, far better habits. And so there are some things that they can change just internally with their own DNA. But you got to decide what are the things that you can't change. What. Is D'Lo salvageable with one year left on his contract, you know, year six or seven in this league? I think he kind of is who he is. Cat kind of is who he is personality-wise, but he's a unicorn-talented player. So I'm not just going to – you know, I think one of the misperceptions after our Game 3 conversation was, you want to ship him out for nothing. Nobody said that. If they do decide to trade Carl Anthony Towns, which I would not necessarily fight, they're not going to get nothing for him. You wouldn't trade him for nothing. That would be ridiculous. But if you thought that somebody else wants to give you a couple really good pieces or you could fill out your roster in a different way around Anthony Edwards, maybe you increase the mental toughness of the team. All right. I'm I'm open to conversations about how to build the next iteration of this to get better around Anthony Edwards. That's all I'm saying. I'm open for business if I'm the Timberwolves.
3: On the Cat topic, I have... I totally get your point, and I have major concerns there, but he's such a unique, special player that I don't think I'm... Like, I'm listening, but I don't want to trade him. After what I saw, I do not want to bring D'Lo back. I want him gone. Um, If nothing else, to, in a constructive way, potentially, send a message to Cat. And I don't even know if that's going to, to work. It might not. But the fact is... Like, literally a player who is a, you know, when Dilo's going well, he's a good player. I'm not going to say he's not. But you can find guys like him. Um, he was a negative player. Like, he was so negative. And does he bring enough special things to to, like, absorb that? My answer is no. Like, I guess if you're, like, trying to play with your big three, right? Cats a really special talent. I don't want to trade him. I'm fearful that he's not going to mature.
1: Yeah.
3: And I love and he's got you know, I mean he has to learn still, but but I he I think he's going to to be great first half. He was great tonight. Yep. You tell me this. In that entire series, what game did Delo bring something? Like, what game were you like, oh, here's the here's a little bit of D'Lo that I remember? Yeah.
1: He's imposing his will on this game through great shot making and decisions. Correct. And well, whatnot, and
3: Cat, right? you know, I mean, to his credit, Cat came back. Still drives me crazy. I still hate the arms flailing. The woe is me. I'm going to yeah. stand here and complain. But um, I just, I think D'Lo is a negative energy player, and I think he's a drain on Cat.
1: Yeah, I think and I'll throw one more thing in here and then we can I know we've got we've got full vent lines here so we can jump right into a bunch of Timberwolves fans and get your guys thoughts. And by the way, thank you for hanging out with us. I I did some math here. I think we've been live streaming or doing <laughs> recorded podcasts for a total of like 12 of the last 26 hours or something yeah. here so
3: right, My <laughs> vocal cords are getting a little Hey I'm Rocco, can, can you give me a rest?
1: <laughs> but if you're hanging out with us on the Scorneth YouTube channel right now for this Mackie and Judd Timberwolves vent line Please click the subscribe button and the like button so we can uh, help spread the word about this Minnesota sports therapy session here. You guys are helping us build a great thing here at Score North, and we appreciate it. But, again, we spent so much time, and we and we obsessed so much about, well, what if the star player leaves, and, okay, go get his best friend in Dilo and his favorite coach and Ryan Saunders, and then Ryan gets fired, and, oh, my God, is Kat going to get mad? <laughs> None of that enters my mind this offseason. If it, you you need to make the best decision for the franchise from a basketball perspective. Yeah. And if that means shipping you know, listen, I think, you know, cat wound up being perfectly fine with Ryan Saunders getting let go and it was the right thing to do. And then he built a great relationship with Chris Finch. So if you were if you were concerned at all about, well, what happens if you get rid of D'Lo? Is Kat going to want to leave? I say, well, if that's the case, then whatever. Just figure it out. Trade him or figure it out. I don't care anymore. I want to make the best decision to build the best possible team to take the next step. And I I agree with you. I don't think Delo because he he's got one year left. You're not going to sign him for another thirty million dollars. So it's just kind of over. And and that that you know, people are asking, well, who would want that contract? It's actually a really valuable one year expiring contract for a rebuilding team. Yeah. But you might have to attach a pick or something. So there's a conversation there. But I'm with you, man. Like, I don't care about feelings at this point. I just want them to take what they've built and get to the next level. And I don't think the next level includes D'Angelo Russell.
3: The Memphis series was a stage on which everyone could thrive. And the most important people didn't. Yeah, I mean, and like they, the did, and did, they th- did
1: thrive for like three quarters in a lot of these games. Well, and then they, and then they wilted when it
3: mattered. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's, a, that's the indictment.
1: Yep. That's so. the problem. All right. Let's go to the Timberwolves event lines here. Declan, who's first out of the
5: game? Let's go to, uh, we'll start Joe. Joe, what's hey guys, up, guys, what's
6: up?
1: what's up, Joe? What's going on with you, man?
5: This has been rough,
7: man. <laughs> rough, rough few days, I guess. I don't know. Dude, this one hurts so bad.
1: <laughs> is it, is it the, is it the whole series that hurts or is it, is it tonight's game? You it's, know where?
7: It's the way they do it. Yeah. You no, know? I don't know how they're consistently blowing these fourth quarter leads. That's what's so frustrating about it. You know,
1: it's I, I think Judd kind of nailed it. They're just a they're just a mentally soft, weak team. And then and Chris Finch was brilliant in his post game. He said the bad decisions are baked into our DNA, and we need to change our habits. Like they just default to these dumb shots and hero ball ball movement. And and finding open shooters is why they were the highest-scoring team in the NBA. And then they just devolve into this totally different thing in the fourth quarter. And by the way, it is D'Angelo Russell's job, first and foremost, to untangle that knot. When the offense gets out of whack, it is your job as the point guard and the primary ball handler. And Pat Beverly, too, is guilty of being kind of a, you know, he, he can dribble the life out of a basketball once in a while. It's on you to make sure the offense gets moving around again when it becomes stagnant. And it's like D'Lo almost triples down on the stagnancy of the offense in those situations. So it's super frustrating to watch.
7: Yeah, D'Lo will single-handedly like tank possessions. He'll run yeah. it down to five seconds and then hand oh, yeah. it to Cat. And what are you supposed to do at that point? You
3: know? Yeah. But I mean, you think- they, ha- they had to lift him tonight in what was the most important game of their season. They had to take out a guy who's a max player. Think about that for a second. He you could know handle what? <laughs> that.
1: Might have been if if you're D'Lo too. Hopefully you you understand and have some self awareness why that move was made. But that's the type of thing that could probably cause a rift and ruffle some feathers and maybe have him wanting out too. Which fine, cool, awesome. Uh, you know, that's a it's it's justified disrespect of D'Angelo Russell by Chris Finch tonight.
7: Do you think it's just the players going rogue? Because Finn just talked about this stuff, you
1: know. Yeah, I, I don't think they, they I think they want to. They all want to win the game. Like they all want to be. They all want to be the hero. Is what it kind of looks like when you're watching them. And I don't think they go
3: rogue. I think they literally freeze in the spotlight. Like, like to me, it's not. It's not hero ball in a that guy's an a hole sense. It is. Oh my god, I go. Oh, oh my god, what's gonna happen? Oh, I'll shoot. Like the the shot that Phil took talked about that Cat put up in the fourth quarter. What the hell was that?
1: That was a and, – and, Joe, thanks for leading us off here on Timberwolves Van Line. Sorry, I Joe. think everyone feels your pain here. Hopefully we can help as as the certified Timberwolves okay. and Minnesota sports therapist. What was the shot? So I think he has these flashbacks to the games where he was getting criticized for not getting a shot off or like like the game where he had four shot attempts, right? And I think sometimes it's been really hard for him If he gets into a possession or gets the ball inside the three-point line, they might come with an instant double team. I literally think he thought to himself, oh, I have the ball and I have an open look, even though it was from 30 feet with, you know, five seconds off the shot clock. So he's just, he's, he's not thinking critically and strategically and calmly about what's the best thing in this possession for the offense right now. Yeah. He takes a freaking heat-check 30-foot three-pointer yep. because he happened to be open and thinks, well, I have an open look. I need to shoot it right now. Is that the best look in that situation? No, but he's not, he's not thinking clearly because his mind is racing a million miles an hour. Who on he can't team calm had, his
3: mind. Who on this team, I can think of one or two maybe, has ice water in their veins?
1: Well, Anthony Edwards does. I does you know, it, it, He doesn't always make the shots, but if, right. to me, ice water in their veins is, is a two-pronged. It's the willingness to just step up and rise above in a moment of crisis where your team needs you. But then it's the ability to actually make the shots too. And your neck's not doing this. Yeah. It's not fluttering out of your, uh, out of your skin. Yeah. All right. Who's next on Timberwolves vent line here.
5: Let's go to Ryan. Ryan, what's up, dude. Hey hey guys. Thanks for having me on.
8: Yeah, dude. Thanks for coming
1: on.
5: So, uh,
8: just two points. um, one, just consistency, right? This whole series, when we get to that fourth quarter with, like,
9: 7.42,
8: every fan's like, oh, God, here we go. So Does it come down to coaching? Like, Because we know, like, where's the changeup? Like, why not take a timeout instead of subbing D'Lo win at 7.42? Give Jordan some rest, get his ass back in there. Yeah. And then my second point is Jalen Noel. He is a tough-minded dude. Like where was he this whole series? Throw him on jaw, you know, dive for some loose balls, get the crowd into it, and
1: that's an interesting one. Yeah, I've been thinking about that too, Ryan. Jalen Noel, I think, in in some limited doses, has been a great, great player for the Wolves off the bench. And you know, this is probably an overreaction, but if you could re-rack this series knowing how bad D'Angelo Russell was, and you could just get rid of his minutes. I mean, he was that bad in this series yeah. literally shot like 32% from the field. He scored 12 or fewer points in five of the six games, and he's not a good defensive player. Mm-hmm. If you were to swap out all of Delo's minutes and give all those minutes to Jalen Noel and Jordan McLaughlin, where would this series be? Would, would it be going to a game seven Would the wolves have clinched it? I certainly don't think
3: they'd be in worse shape right. in the series. Here's the interesting thing about that point, And both of both of your points could be sort of explained through this statement. Chris Finch, in some ways, and look, he made mistakes too, so I'm not absolving him by any means. But Chris Finch, in some ways, exposed the flaws by what he did. Because by not calling t- timeouts, which I think was ultimately a mistake, that was basically a deferring to players of you fit, you know, Cat, D Lo figure it out. And of course they didn't. They yep. And by not substituting more, because w- was it game three where J-Mac didn't play? And Finch said, after game four, I should have played him. But it was almost like he was, it was almost in some ways like he was intent on exposing his quote, unquote, star players by saying, hey, floor is yours, guys. And tonight he finally, patience uh, with d at least, ran out, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I, I got to yank you, dude. Um, but the interesting thing is the wolves have to take this to heart and and Finch by exposing those players, I think gets us to the point of no return at least with Delo of this guy is a losing playoff player, and I'm not convinced that, oh well, the experience of this Memphis series is going to bring him back next year and it'll be incredibly different. I think he I I think Finch on purpose or not, probably not. Expose things that are paramount to change now.
1: One more thought here too on on D'Angelo Russell. So this was his eleventh career playoff game. And I don't know how many games you need. And by the way, he averages like thirty two minutes a game. So he's this isn't a super small sample size anymore. He shoots thirty three percent in the playoffs through eleven games. Not is worried. that just a bad luck small sample size at this point? Or is it just no. kind of who he, he just he shrinks? Yeah. Cat shrinks in the playoffs. Look at his numbers. Look, these two dudes have both played in 11 postseason games, and their numbers are considerably worse when you start to face better competition, the stakes are higher, the lights are brighter. I don't know, man. What do you think, Ryan?
8: I just – I, much as I hate to say it, he's got the name. Like, Elo, it sounds good. You put him in the game, but you got you got to get him out. And I give Finch credit for pulling him, but he was – Two and a half minutes too late. At 7:42 yeah. mark, when he subbed in uh, D'Lo for Jaden, and D'Lo Hood had a turnover his first possession. Yeah, that's when the swing happened. I was like, "Oh, just yeah. call a timeout. Give Jordan rest. His adrenaline's going. He'll be ready for Sunday." But yeah, but yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I appreciate Ryan. It. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, dude. Ryan. I
1: appreciate it. Zach Attack chimes in here and says, "Phil Mackey looks like he ate a whole Domino's pizza.
8: Damn, I could Phil. go for
1: one right now." Did you? Not gonna lie, I'm pretty hungry. Uh, I, I have. I, I mean, I have special. not yet today, but if they're still open after I'm we're working done, it's sir- swing by.
3: I'm working on a surly Furious six-pack.
1: Oh, boy. Nice. That's and an actual awesome. six-pack, too. Yeah. Wash, washboard abs McGee over there. Judd Zolgad. Washboard
3: abs. I have never had washboard abs a day in my life, which I'm uh, happy about, the, by the way.
1: Honey, the washing machine's uh, broken. Let me just take my shirt off here. Yep. Pour some detergent over my washboard abs. All Ooh. right, let's go to the next here. On oh, the boy. Here.
6: Jake, what's up, dude? What's up, guys? What's going on, dude? <laughs> oh, this is super weird for me. So,
1: I'm mainly what, like, a bike... what, the, like the Wolves losing in a playoff series, or what?
6: No, I've... watching the Wolves in the playoffs is home ice. weird for everybody.
3: Home, ice, home, ice, Jake, you got home, home ice. ice,
6: No, I'm mainly a football and hockey guy, but you guys got me excited about the Wolves. So, cool. sorry. I don't know it. No, me, me too. I don't know anything about basketball but I watched game five and game six because it's the Wolves. I'm a Minnesota sports guy. Just, it seems like at the end of the game, mm-hmm. and this might sound dumb, I don't know, but it seems like instead of trying to salt the game away, they just take these errant shots. And I feel like, you know, they're up by double digits, and they're just like, maybe like try to drive in and get some layups. Yes. Some buckets, try to stack some points. I don't. Mean, it's just frustrating. If they played that way, they maybe could have won the series. You know, we we we
1: talk about the the Phoenix Suns are a great example of this, and they and they had their struggles against against the Pelicans in part because Booker was out. But there are certain teams in the NBA. Phoenix is one of them. I honestly think Memphis has kind of become one of them, where when the game is on the line and it's 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 close, or you you're trying to come back in the fourth quarter. Phoenix knows exactly how to get to the offense that works for them. They know how to get Chris Paul elbow jumpers. They know how to get Deandre Ayton paint touches. They know how to get Booker open looks. Like they know exactly who they are in the yeah. moments of crisis. Right. Yeah. In Memphis, you know I wouldn't put Memphis on the Phoenix level, but Memphis knows, all right, when it when we're down by 10 in the 4th quarter or when we need a bucket to go up, it's going to be John Morant gets by the defender at the top of the key, gets into the paint, either either gets to the free throw line, gets a layup, or kicks the ball out and the ball movement swings around to a wide open Desmond Bain or Tyus Jones. And they repeat it, every possession. Right, it's right. like the Timberwolves go down and it's just like, oh, we're going to spin the wheel. Who's going to be the hero in this possession? And sometimes it works. Anthony Edwards might take a step back three, but. Like what is think about all the all the Wolves games that we've seen in the playoffs here and then in the regular season. What is the go to the Wolves need there's 5 minutes left and they need some buckets here down the stretch to close this game out. What are they running?
6: I don't even know. They don't even like, know. Cat came in and just took like a almost a half court shot just immediately. <laughs> it's like yes. And I played one year of basketball in middle school, and I airballed the layup, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a basketball guy, but you like I said. You weren't millions of dollars. No, no. Yeah, that's true. I just, I wish they would, like, just slow it down, try to get some buckets, drive to the basket. I mean, I feel bad for all Timberwolves fans. That would have been an amazing, to go to game seven and possibly win would have just been amazing.
1: Yeah. Hey, Jake, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate thanks, you man. dabbling in an unfamiliar sport. And we're, we're sorry for the unnecessary heartbreak
3: that we led you. into I there. More, I think more importantly now, though, and I do agree that like the identity is important, but I think more importantly now is a very simple statement. If your big three is Cat, Ant and Dilo, you can't count on two thirds of your big three. Like that's the problem. Because, like, the Grizzlies come down the floor, and, yes, it goes to Bain. I mean, he's incredible. Tyus has turned into a sharp sh- shooter. It's it, That's great, too. But the the thing is, the Wolves should be like, of course, you give it to Delo You give it to Cat. You know, they knock the shot down. Um, so beyond, like, the identity of the offensive scheme, you can't even count on two-thirds of your big three. Like, imagine going back to 2003 or four, if you had said, Well, yeah, problem is, fourth quarter, KG can't hit the shots. You know, forget what the shot is. Forget what the identity of the offensive scheme is. If you flat out said you can't count on your star, you're screwed. That's it.
1: Yeah. No. End of series. Yeah, I just like, they don't know who they are in the last five minutes. They don't. The fact that Cat even thought to take that shot is such an, and it's a coaching thing, too, because at some point, you know, Chris Finch's message is clearly not getting through to them in these moments. Right. But but what other organized, actual contending team would greenlight and take that shot from 30 feet? That's a Steph Curry shot, maybe. But even Curry in those moments, like, God, he's usually trying to, all right, let's, let's dribble around or let's get some ball movement first and then maybe take the shot. But he's like the one player that you would say, if you want to pull up from 30 feet with a minute to go, just do it. Right. <laughs> Cat, I know you won the three-point contest, man, but that's not the offense to be running in that moment, especially in a game in which you are 6 of 19 from the field.
3: And purposeful or not, my point is this. Finch exposed at least two-thirds of that big three. And he could have called timeouts more, probably should have. He didn't because clearly he trusted them. They couldn't do it. And the reality is this. like We now have seen, and and this becomes the question now, is Sachin Gupta brought back and promoted to make the changes? Like, we're talking about at least two decisions that are enormous, and one move, in, in my opinion, because Dilo can't come back, um, that's going to be a move that's going to have to take some nuance to it. So, like, who makes that move now?
1: Yeah.
3: Is it Gupta? Do, do they go out and get a new GM? Do they go out and get a new Pobo? So, like, there's some very, there's some incredibly important decisions that. Will will basically hinge on this franchise now again going forward because if you don't do this right and you just keep going back to the well and be like oh we're gonna bring them back I'm telling you right now first round 2023 I think you make it but I don't think it's different. Yeah, Cat you- by the
1: way just said if I'm being totally honest I thank the Grizzlies for making us a better team. So all right, well, I guess they're
3: back on. Board. I mean
1: it is a good learning experience so I I will. But, I will give him that.
3: Yeah, a good, a good experience to learn from the fact that your buddy has to go, and and you're on. Like, look, Carl Anthony Towns is a unicorn. He's a special player. That's awesome. But we're now at the point where the national pundits are right. Like you've got to be asking yourself questions about him.
1: Yeah, who's next? you on Timberwolves that line.
10: Let's go to Colin. Hello, thank for having me on again. What's up, Colin ben
1: Revere? Yeah. Love the ben Revere. And thank you guys
10: for being on basically the whole day today.
1: Yeah. Just you guys, weird
10: it was... Minnesota Day for yeah. everything.
1: Yeah, if you guys missed the the Purple Daily trade festival that the Vikings went through in the second, third rounds, you can check that out on our on our other YouTube channel.
10: Yeah, that's a whole nother vent line. I Guess you guys will have to do. But just for this whole season, Uh, It's been a success, I think, of just getting this far and realizing the pieces that we have to build around. And I just wish Dilo was more of a Rubio type of player that wasn't all about him and just kept on passing. (laughs) But I just wish Finch would just realize what he's had in our bench with Jalen Noel, and we finally saw Greg Monroe and what he could do. And it looks like he brought energy into the game because there was lots of good sequences when – they were running the ball through Ant and everybody else, but those two star players.
1: Yeah, the the Jalen Noel thing is such an interesting discussion because he showed so many great flashes, and I get that you're you know you're gonna minimize who you're gonna play, but they did play a nine and ten man rotation throughout most games in this series. But the guy that you would reduce minutes from is D'Angelo Russell or Jordan McLaughlin, and you know J Mac just played brilliantly as a backup point guard in this series so do you have the cojones and the answer was no to to bench or completely reduce d'angelo's minutes for Jalen noel like they weren't going to go that far yeah they weren't going to go that far but if you could, like i said earlier in the show if you could run it back and have Jalen noel take over d'angelo russell's minutes and maybe J mac gets a few more in there too i th- I think they might have won the series i really do d'lo oh. was that bad
10: i also look at uh balmaros coming up as well yep he looked really good in that uh, game before us, before this whole playoffs, and he was there on the bench, so he kind of got <laughs> some experience. But it's just, what's the future going to be? We're in a weird off season again. It seems yep. like we're always in that turbulent off season of well, what's the plan.
1: Yeah, it'll be. The, I, I don't think they're going to stand pat. I think I think there is going to be some some moving and shaking here. Colin, thanks for jumping on mm-hmm. Timberwolves vent line. Let's keep it moving here.
5: Let's do it. Let's go mm-hmm. to uh Jeb. Jeb in Chicago.
0: Well boys, surly.
5: Yeah. Yeah, but
1: like what you're drinking. Yep, chug that thing. Yeah, you're yeah. Definitely.
3: Yeah.
0: I was hoping for controlled chaos today. <laughs> it was just chaos. I was gonna
3: say just cover up controlled and show us the game. Yeah, there again, was and then you...
0: there was no control. Uh, yeah. that being said. One of the things that uh, jumped out to me was on the ESPN broadcast. The uh, I think it was Mark Jackson was talking about the fact that Cat's best season came when he was playing with Jimmy, when he was the second fiddle. I think Ant can play that lead guard. And we know Jaden, like, we saw what Jaden can be and what Finch is talking about there. Mm-hmm. If Carl is doing whatever unicorn shit Carl wants, crap. My bad. Um, Dex got it. Of course, Dex does. I got it.
3: Forty-five ten, Dex. Thank you. Right. So,
0: oh god. (laughs) Um, If if Carl's the third wheel, I'm fine with him having whatever flustered game he wants, just because of his ability when he's on is that scary. Mm -hmm. And from what we can get on the wing with Ant and Jaden, I'm fine moving forward with D'Lo gone and other moving pieces.
1: Yeah, it needs to be made very clear through the organizational structure and through personnel that, Anthony Edwards is the driving force of this team going into year three. I think you need a just a, a more unselfish and more self-aware point guard than D'Angelo Russell. I mean, I, Tyus Jones would be amazing. I, he's going to make a lot of money. I think this off season. I don't know how they're going to make that work, but if I like your idea, if Cat can be very, very clearly the two or the three, and, and, and that's from every standpoint. The emotional leadership, the you know, the the touches, the shots, everything. Then I think you've got a pecking order that makes a little bit more sense here.
0: Yeah. And the other thing I've got, Jake, for a football and hockey guy, you have basketball figured out. Take it to the hole. It's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yep. Jeb, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Cheers, Support, fellas. Supporting the brand. Thanks for jumping in here. Um, let's keep it rolling here. Timberwolves event line with Mackie and Judd.
4: Jay, my man. <laughs> Declan, my guy. What's going on, man? How much, dude? How are you? Uh, I've been better. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say, hey, great job last night, boys. The Surly, that was awesome.
1: Thank you, man. Were you out there?
4: <laughs> I, I wasn't. I was working. Uh, coincidentally enough, I worked downtown at the W. Uh, your boy A Rod came in with his girlfriend. A <laughs> <All laughs> right. Rod, yeah.
9: That's, so, yeah. Uh,
4: um, you know, I I could go in on Delo and I want to I want to so bad. <laughs> go ahead, dude. This is this is Tyrell's yeah, metline, man. On, Nothing's hold. stopping
1: you. Let's
4: hear it. it's, it's, it's been a long season and I'm We did what we sought off to do, right? You know, we doubled our wins. Um, this is a Memphis team that we should have beat clearly. I mean, period, right? We I think we can all agree to that. Um, my issue right now is with Chris Finch who came up short. I don't think anyone – you guys have kind of touched on that, yeah. but, you know, Finch, I, I really like Finch, but in this big moment, he slipped so many times, man. So many times. Call a timeout here. Sit cat here when he's losing his mind. Like, you do the flailing cat the best. <laughs> what... oh, I got the height to a little bit. <laughs> height. You know, it's just – it was frustrating to say the least, but where, where are we heading, you know? You don't right. sign below to a max after what you just saw. No. There's no way you you sign him to a max deal. Carl Anthony Towns, what do you get for him if you decide to move him? I'm a proponent of keeping him just because of his talent, right? How do you replace that talent and then how do you keep Ant on the roster at the same time? It's virtually impossible. It's not gonna happen. So if you're thinking realistically, bring a guard in, you know, maybe a shout out Damian Lillard over in Portland. They're dying. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, boys? I, I
3: don't That's know. Well,
1: that would be incredible. I think I, – I almost feel like the ship is – I think he's staying in Portland now, and they've kind of cleared some room to, to make an addition yeah. here. Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. if And if he's going to go somewhere, would it be Minnesota at this point? And at the same time, like, All right. All right. I, I would defer to to Damian Lillard, but I kind of want Ant to be able to blossom and grow and just be the guy that kind of controls things and the tempo. And
4: I also think? want him to be 21, right? You know, he's yeah. – He's a baller, man. He's he's better defensively than I think we give him credit for right away. Um, you know he what we hold
3: Javarant to four points in the first half. It's pretty yeah. good, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that that Cat could accept the role that that we're talking about though? Because like I I'd be all on board if you went to to Carl and basically said it's Ant's team. He's the captain um you're going to be a 2 or 3 you're going to be very important your skill set is unbelievable it is but you just mentally don't have the it that ant does which is the ideal like that would be the ideal to slot then as we just talked about Carl into the 2 or 3 my question is this as a human in a sport played by humans can he accept that cuz that's how do, you get through to,
4: how, how do you get through to a guy like that jud that's what i'm you saying know, that's you, my know, question. you know your game six in the playoffs, your knees deep in. You know, you see this 20 year old kid from Georgia out of nowhere falling. Right. And you're flailing and just going crazy over officials still. I, yeah. Pat Bev couldn't do it. Jimmy Butler couldn't do it. Yeah. The, yeah the,
1: I, the the reality at this point is we need to stop pretending like there's all these new levels and things to learn for a guy that's 26 years old and been in the league for seven years. Right. He's Carl Anthony Towns is pretty close to a finished NBA product, and you're just kind of hoping at this point that you can accept who he is and deal with his flaws and and see if he can stay in his in his peak unicorn you know skill set prime for the next five years if you decide to sign him to another contract extension. But this whole idea of well maybe he can learn and become more mature. It's like I, I'm not banking on that at this point.
4: Bill, let me let me ask you real quick before you guys let me go. I mean, are you rolling the dice? Are you seeing what you can get out there? Do you keep sotching around to make that decision? Because you know, Glenn Taylor's still in house, and you got two brand new owners. You know yeah. what? What do you do? Listen, are, I, are you rolling the dice on that with Big Dog?
1: <laughs> I'm not just going to trade him for nothing. I got filleted after Game Three because I, you know, I said, yeah, you know, I, I kind of tongue in cheek tweeted out, you know, who are the Wolves going to trade? cat to this off season, but i'm taking phone calls absolutely i'm I, the only people i'm not taking phone calls on right now are jade mcdaniels and anthony edwards
3: so this, this is a really intriguing point because here's what i think i don't think glenn will go for for this but to what you just said i do believe that like because i mean we all want the wolves to be good and i i don't think they're that far from being good i mean that I I think we should stop saying, oh my God, they did more than we expected and be like, no, this team is far more competent than we thought. Um, I would love for somehow Laurie and Arod and Glenn to get together and say, let's begin this subtle transition period now and start to make decisions. Because I don't want Glenn's people, I don't want the whole Glenn thing, right? It permeates everything. It's a loser mentality. Um, I think Laurie, just as a starting point, has a really good idea of what he wants. Um, like, does Gupta stay? Because, I mean, the cat decision's enormous. Do it right, and it's huge. Do it yeah. wrong, and we're back to the wolves being the wolves. So I would really like to see a transitionary period just behind the scenes of, here's what we think should happen here. Because uh, this, this, the coming months are incredibly important. And we're talking about the importance between a really competitive team, a new arena eventually, and, like, a new era, or just reverting back to Glenn's Wolves potentially, which was, which is a disaster. So, like, I, I think that this is an incredibly interesting conversation based on the fact that this can be a basketball town. We saw it again if it's done right.
4: Wolves purgatory.
3: <laughs> but I went out. Like, this was fun. <laughs> I love yeah. this fan base.
1: In, in the grand scheme, like this was a really fun, great season compared to the, most of the last seventeen years. And now, Nick, I mean, now the discussion that we've been having here is about, okay, how can you sort of bottle it, and then what's the next level to it? And
4: we're playing it, chess, boys. We're playing chess yep. with the Timberwolves. Come on, yep,
1: it's great. It great discussion. Thanks for coming Dang, thanks, on, man. man.
4: Thanks, guys. Appreciate yeah. to Dick. Yeah, man. Boom. Who doesn't appreciate deck yeah. You know,
1: we uh, all we all appreciate Dex.
5: Yeah, yeah. We're we're everyone's on screen does. Yeah. I think Not Dex everyone, just froze you know, on us here. Yeah, we got that internet that's going on here at Dex tweets. Casa de okay?
1: Dex. Okay. Well let's see who's okay. next on Wolves Vent line.
5: Let's go to Jacob. What's up, guys?
1: What's going on, man? How, How are you guys going? doing?
11: Well, we're Good. just kind of
1: digesting digesting this wolves loss.
11: I feel like yeah. we're calm. Honestly, I'm oddly calm. Waste of my life. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, one fun. thing I think is funny how you guys brought up Kat's interview. Um, and honestly, that thing, what he says after every game frustrates me so much. Because when you talk to Giannis Antetokounmpo or LeBron or any of these actual superstars, they could score 30 and lose. And they're like, man, I had a bad night. I I didn't do enough. But Cat, after games like Game Three or yeah Game Three when he scored six points, he's like, "Oh, I didn't get the ball enough," and he's blaming other people. It just take some responsibility. It's the most frustrating thing, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: no, I, I mean, hell, I'm a hundred percent with you. And it well, I, I don't know, ruffle. it doesn't. Yeah, Delo's probably on the way out. Cat doesn't. It, Cat doesn't seem comfortable in his own skin, even like that's another thing about him. It's like, he just, there's just something odd about his personality and it leaks over into his basketball game and it leaks over into his quote unquote leadership. Yeah. Just, it's just, there's just a chip missing in there somewhere.
11: I completely agree. And I don't know if you guys watch the Tom Brady documentary, but it's like mm-hmm. all about the same stuff about leading others and. And, you know, we have an example of a great leader in Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk and Kat should just get together and maybe Kat could <laughs> learn do some, some
1: leadership seminars. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Because you want them to That'd be great.
1: Yeah, I, don't think I agree. I, don't I think it's, it's, near it's, each it's other. the you like that leadership. No, it's the you like
3: that leadership committee. My I'm, teammates I'm suck. No, you're, no, my teammates suck worse. <laughs> My coach, uh, my, my coach isn't fair to me. No, my coach isn't fair to me. Oh <laughs> my god!
5: Oh Thanks, my god. guys. I All love right, you, guys. See you guys. Thanks, appreciate guys. It, Bye.
1: Appreciate. It. All right, Wolves bet line. Let's keep it rolling here on Mackie and Judd Scornorth YouTube channel.
5: Oh, I like it. What's up, buddy? Hey, Nick. What's up, fellas? I like the hat. Awesome. Thanks.
12: I got two big things. Hmm? Number one, I'm gonna be having nightmares about Brandon Clark for the next two weeks. That dude. For starters, I played one year of rec basketball when I was in high school. One year. <laughs> First thing they teach you is how to box out. Mm-hmm. Cat was getting beat up by a guy four inches shorter than him. And it was just it's the most frustrating thing. It's the little stuff, boxing out, closing out on a guy in the corner that the wolves just forget how to do in the fourth. So yeah. It's not even worth t- – I mean, it's the little things. Well,
1: well the offensive rebound – so, again, five more offensive rebounds for Brandon Clark, including a couple of huge ones in the fourth quarter. He had seven offensive rebounds a couple days ago in the fourth quarter alone. The offensive rebounding battle tonight, 17 for the Grizzlies, six for the Timberwolves. That's bonkers, man.
12: Yeah. I mean, every time every time he get his hand up there and have the little tap out to Dylan Brooks or any of them, I'd literally take my hat and I'd just go – Oh, my God. Because I see Cat just flailing, right. looking at the ref. He's too busy, you know, chirping the ref or something. Yeah, looking at Scott Foster saying, come on. Second thing, I don't know how much you guys follow the NBA, but I follow it pretty religiously, yeah. and I've had COVID the last week, so I've been stuck. I've been watching every playoff game, basically.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I, I watch pretty want... much every playoff game, too. It's a blast Yeah, out.
12: I don't want to hear the whole, oh, this is a stepping stone for the Wolves. Next year, this is a spot to build you. from. The amount of parity in the NBA this year is insane. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the first year in I don't know how long. No Kawhi, no LeBron, no KD in the playoffs right now. Yeah. I don't know why the Wolves couldn't make a run this year. I mean, mm-hmm. the the Warriors, thats our next, that would have been our next-round matchup. They look beatable, especially at the tail end of the season. They look really bad. Plus, I refuse to lose to a team with Andrew Wiggins. Outside of the Suns, <laughs> I don't know what team in the NBA – the wolves wouldn't stand some sort of chance against in a seven-game series. Yeah, and it yeah. just
1: blows. It blows. The warriors are. I, I think the warriors would have probably disposed of the wolves in five fairly. I think we're to maybe a blowout or two yeah. in there. It would have been like a five-game series. I th- yeah. that that's the one team just because of. That environment in that arena and just all of the, that's one of the loudest arenas in the NBA and how much Carl Anthony Towns and D'Lo would have been thrown off emotionally.
12: Can you
3: right,
1: imagine? Right. I didn't think about that. Can you guys
3: that. imagine just a series that involved Draymond and Kat?
1: That too. Draymond would have found oh, a way I mean, to get Draymond under the skin. would have been in Cat's yeah.
3: head before they tipped off in game one. Right. This is the problem. Yeah. Like this is the biggest problem. It's mental. Like it but, starts with a, between your ears
1: yeah but but to your general point about parody in the nba yeah this is kind of the time like at some point there's going to be another dynasty there's going to be and i don't know which team's going to pop up and take it but last year this year and probably for the next couple years there's just an opening to make a run there's just there's there's no super teams right now in the nba now that the nets traded james harden and uh got swept in the first round
3: the disturbing thing about this entire series is this. If you had transplanted Clark from Memphis to the Wolves, the Wolves would have been in great shape. Definitely. Because that guy's mentally tough. He's going to box you out. He's going to get rebound. I, I mean, they're, they're, and I don't think they scored off this. There was one point in the second half where I think Memphis had a triple offensive rebound. Ja took the shot, got the shot back, lost the ball or went up, clark got the ball and it's like what the hell are you guys doing yeah like this is about and and i think i think vanderbilt finally blocked the shot but the key there was you got to get out of that like you've got to get the ball eventually and it's just it's mad it's maddening to watch because what memphis won between the margins right. They really did they won between the margins they didn't win because they were like the better team they had the <clears> star <throat> players uh, job was just great they won because what did they do they did the things that the wolves didn't do and it's effort it's all effort
12: and that's been the story with cat his whole career i mean that was the most exciting thing and i was a freshman in high school and cat got drafted i'm like this is it this this is the guy he has the all the talent in the world person?
3: i'm gonna go get another- <laughs> none of
12: the none of the effort though and that when that's where they beat you, you can't teach effort. I mean, that's something you just apply yourself, and it's, it's hard to watch, man. Yeah. It's
1: hard. No, Nick, great stuff, man. Great stocking cap. Thanks for Feel coming better. on Timberwolves Vent I hope
5: you're okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Who else we got on Timberwolves Ventline?
5: Zach, what's up, buddy? What's going
7: on, guys? Hey, dude. So I have a few thoughts. One, I'm not I'm a super casual basketball fan. I'm much more into football, hockey, wild, home field, home ice advantage. Let's go. Mm
1: -hmm. LFG, LFG,
7: LFG, but I'm just so tired of cats baggage. Put it that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just so, I honestly, this might be just emotions, but. I got a little bit of reckless speculation going on. Oh,
5: okay. okay.
7: Trade Delo and Cat to Portland for Damian Lillard and a first-round pick. <laughs> oh man,
1: I wish I had the sounder here. I mean, I th- I think Portland I think Portland's th- trying to build around Dame still, and Dame has not yeah. demanded a trade. That's the only thing.
7: I think Damian Lillard is one of probably the three most clutch. Ice and veins players in the league,
8: mm-hmm. and Absolutely. I think
7: if you put him as like a mentor to Ant. Just imagine those two as your backcourt.
1: Yeah, listen, I'm in all day on this, but until until the until the Blazers officially decide to to explore that market, and, and it has to come from Dame, because the Blazers are not going to trade Dame. And Dame has not – for some reason, Dame has not demanded a trade for what's Dame become kind of a Portland. dumpster fire franchise. whats Portland.
3: What mm-hmm. have you offered up, a package that involved Cat, though, to, to his point? I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is a seductive player.
1: But, if the, but not if you're going to trade Damian Lillard. If you're going to trade Damian Lillard, you want draft picks. You want – unless you think okay. you're going to build around Cat for the next three years in Portland –
3: just saying, it all takes it takes is one team to think. Oh I think. Listen, God.
1: I'm all about the reckless speculation lifestyle, but I don't want you guys to get hung up on. I don't think Dame's going to be a Timberwolf. Is what no. I'm saying.
3: And 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 I, and I love me some no, reckless I give speculation.
7: This a 10 not even like a one percent chance.
3: <laughs> I feel like Phil is cutting off an opportunity here to really go down mm-hmm. the path. I, I uh, like, uh, I you know, think that's talent,
7: hard. and I I don't think that Portland is run well.
3: So, yeah, no, so they definitely I've,
5: aren't. I I've heard behind the scenes because I I asked about this too with with Dame when I was at the trade deadline because they moved McCollum and yeah, they're it. doing everything they can to reshape that organization and build it still around Dame and Dame's not going anywhere. That's, That's inside. I, I I have an inside Are you reporting source this there. right now. Yeah, I am. I'm reporting you're,
3: inside, this. you're you're bringing us Blazer takes.
5: I love it. We'll I checked in on this idea. Line. Yeah, they they want to build around Dame still, and they're trying to you're, you're yeah been fix that on image. us. No, I've I've kind of briefly mentioned it during the trade deadline. You and think a, you place. think
1: the Woge bombs are falling? It's the Dex, the Dex, Dex the Dex, 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 Dex grenades. That's yeah. <laughs>
5: right. Here's
7: a more realistic one. Straight up, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell for Lonzo Ball. I like the defense that Lonzo brings.
1: Yeah, and Lonzo with that jacked up shot has actually become a really good shooter too. You he's said said he's you a better a shooter guy. than D'Lo, isn't he?
3: And you said you were in a hoops guy. You are now got Lonzo Ball takes. You're, yeah, you're a hoops guy.
1: There's a lot of there's a lot of potential options out there for 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 better point guards. I mean, I, I'll throw Tyus Jones out there again. Jalen Brunson right about, is a free yes, agent. Dallas.
7: I want D'Lo Ogon trade. is the number one yes. priority, and I am very yeah. much open to trading cat. Yeah,
3: awesome,
1: Zach. We're Love exactly this little right. little dose of reckless yeah, speculation Zach. as we nice work, Zach. Near Thank the end you. of Wolves' vent line, appreciate it, man.
3: Zach's right, by the way. That's I I agree completely. Like the cat thing, we can debate there's stuff that we can debate and I do not think cat gets traded the deal thing I think is it's done yeah, like I, I don't he can't come back yep and like, by the way Delo
1: Delo has been referring to the season as a contract season because of the the max oh. that he can sign dude whoa you play like that in five of your last six playoff
3: games Ooh. that's the thing you've got enough playoff games now enough stats from playoff games to know who he is mm-hmm. and you just can't be I mean he literally derailed them Yep. And, and in Chris Finch's defense, he can't go into playoff games thinking to himself or series, "When am I going to lift D-Law for JMac?" Yeah, like we can all be like, "Oh, we love JMac; it's great to watch him play well." But and that's awesome. But that can't be the head coach's thought process. Yep.
1: All right, who do we got? Do we have one more here. All
5: right, right, let's let's see if maybe this person's cameras, Sam. If you can hear us and want to turn your camera on for any, are wolves you there, Sam? Take Sam. Sammy, mm. Sammy, Sam, Sam, Sam. That's okay. Noah that's Sam. Okay. All right. Okay.
1: Well, the right. Timberwolves ultimately took a huge step forward this season. And I think that's – that is my – don't
3: laugh. They did. I, just knew, I thought you were going to say something
0: else about the playoff loss.
1: Oh, no. I, I just want to say, <laughs> like, my, my lasting thought about hey, this yeah. season is that they took a huge step forward as a franchise. Absolutely. Anthony Edwards arrived as a star – he got recognition from his peers and you know national talking heads. Amen. And now the conversation, which will be a very fun conversation this summer, is about how can they build off of it who belongs as a part of this next iteration of the Timberwolves, who goes, right? It's gonna be fun to talk about. And now the wild and now the wild take oh, wow. center stage, as Jacob says here in the Home YouTube Ice. Podcast. Oh my, baby.
3: Tonight, Marcus Foligno injured. I'm very concerned. I did not hear the post-game press conference from Dino.
5: I've heard uh, it's going to be a late game for Monday, Judd. They haven't released oh, it yet, but I've also heard through sources that it's going to be a late game. Declan's I, I I reporting things how here De- in the last five minutes. I love how
3: Declan is like a sleuth now, and he knows all this stuff that hey, does, he Hey, I, I don't does. just throw It'll stuff be against an the wall. Game. It's going to be an 8 30 game because the National Hockey League treats us like. The West Coast. So for yeah. Phil, d 6 30, he'll be like, oh, This is yeah, right. this the game great. The game's just starting. 6 30 dinner time. And you and I will be. But anyway, um and we will do a Judd's hockey show soon because mm-hmm. there are certain things we need to discuss about this series. But you get the Blues at home, which means expectations are very high high expectations. <laughs> high expectations. <laughs> and let me tell you, don't let Sports Dad down because when you let Sports Dad down, you wouldn't like Sports Dad when he's mad. Yeah. Very incredible Hulk like All him. work, no
1: play, make sports dad a dull boy. That's dull right. Dumb, dumb, dumb. I've been I've been working a lot today, by the way. Yeah, I think we're all getting a little slap happy here. I so. got a file for
5: o- OT. Yeah, good luck
1: getting
0: that <laughs> one approved.
3: I'll, I'll send you that.
1: I'll send yeah. you my OT file. Yeah. Denied. Yeah. Denied. Denied. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's a wrap for us here. I don't know. We just did like 14 hours of streaming and podcasting over the last 30 hours. We should probably go take a nap and, uh, you know, finish our surleys and get on with the damn thing. But, yeah, wild postseason run. You'll find plenty more event lines in Judd's hockey shows and maybe the Hockey, hockey Whisper. Whisper making hockey some appearances. Hockey Whisper will be making appearances, no question mm. yep. about it. Yep. And, Judd. and you can find full recaps of the Vikings' first three rounds of picks on the Purple Daily podcast feed and YouTube channel. But thank you guys for hanging out with us and for uh, being a part of these Timberwolves vent line sessions during the playoffs. Mackie, Judd, Dacklin, we'll see you guys.
9: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Savings citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas.